On today's episode, we will talk about anxiety, depression, and simply being downcast. Is it true that if you are a true believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not experience depression? Well, stay tuned. By the way, I would love to hear from you. If ever you finish listening to this two-part session entitled The Song of the Sad Swine, please email me at twisterhover at gmail.com so I will know how to make this podcast better and how we in such a time as this, especially when the global pandemic is upon us and the deadly cases are on the rise, communicate with one another on how we can pray together. So now, here's today's podcast entry. Hey, hey, Twister Hover here, and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio, and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word to the crystal needing world. Friday, March 27, 2020. Today here at Negros Occidental, especially here in the city of Smiles, Bacolod City, we are three days shy from experiencing the fulfillment of the province-wide executive order of enhanced community quarantine. That's 14 to 16 days inside our homes. Scary for some, but we will take this opportunity to rest in Him, worship and laugh together with family, and pray for the rest of the world while supporting our frontliners by making PPEs and protective shields to aid them in their daily endeavors. Today's topic is depression. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones was sharp when he said these words, quote, In a sense, a depressed Christian is a contradiction of terms. And he is a very poor recommendation for the gospel. End quote. I believe with all my heart that what the doctor said becomes a reality, yes, that a depressed Christian is a contradiction of terms. That is when it comes to being a recommendation of the gospel message, which is essentially the good news. Or better yet, the gospel is specifically known as glad tidings. It becomes an oxymoron to see sad Christians bearing glad news. However, depression is real. It is as real as the happiness or the anger we feel or experience every once in a while. The point of today's session is to pitch in the truth into our downcast state and let the joy of God be ours. Yes, depression is true, but delight is also true. Today's podcast entry will be the blog that I posted yesterday entitled The Song of the Sad Swine. Why sad swine? We'll know as we go along. We will slice the blog into two and now we will listen to the first slice of it. So here's the song of the sad swine. A hymn of praise from the spiritually depressed, the Psalms, the Puritans, and the Physician. Quote, my heart is often heavy with trials, end quote, C.H. Spurgeon. Quote, my loneliness is killing me, end quote, Britney Spears.
happiness seemed so playful lately, so cheery that it flew out of my soul through my wretched days and has never come back for quite some time. Maybe it has lost its way home, or maybe it was I. All I know is that we are not quite in the same breathing space lately. My tears have been my food day and night. I oftentimes skip some self-examination by running towards spiritual companions. This time, the psalmist and the Puritans were lending me their voices as if they were trying to force some words, a whiff of prayer, a ballad of melancholic praise, right down my throat. Take a look at this psalm. Quote, Vindicate me, O God, and plead my case against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling places, and I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And upon the lyre I shall praise you, O God, my God. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. End quote. That's Psalm 43, NASB. Or listen to some lines from the prayers of the Puritans. Quote, O God most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed, but thou art forever at perfect peace. Revive deep spirituality in my heart, let me live near the great shepherd, hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. End quote. That's from The Valley of Vision, page 127, Resting on God. Quote, Give me perpetual brokenheartedness. Keep me always clinging to thy cross. Flood me every moment with descending grace. Open me to the springs of divine knowledge, sparkling like crystal, flowing clear and unsullied through my wilderness of life. End quote. That's from again, again, The Valley of Vision, page 83, The Brokenhearted. I read their words, but found myself too drowned in the sea of my own depression that the psalms and the prayers of spiritual descendants become for me like pearls, so rich, so pure, so valuable. One problem stands in the way, however. I am a swine. You don't cast what's valuable to the value deaf. The frequencies will never match. No bulk or volume of theological verbiage can smoothen their way into the soul's deep ache or as the psalmist of the 42nd hymn writes, verse 7, quote, Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. Verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? End quote. That's Psalm 42 in ESB. 
with a panic all over the world for COVID-19, that's coronavirus from Wuhan. The natural threats of volcanic eruptions, storms and floods, earthquakes and some global rumors of war. I am here, the sad swine, cowering sheepishly under the blanket of some inner turmoil. The darkness on this part of the universe seemed to be so felt you can actually taste it. I find no clear explanation for any balm to the soul's wounds, and I kept on skimming pages and memoirs from deep within thinking some good memory might remind me of something that might heal. I know that the Bible is not so heavy with explanations, but it sure does claim promises that are outrageous to an unbelieving spirit. However, the truth comes with humanity's vengeance. Whether you are a Christian or not, you will experience one way or the other a soul cast down into the deep. To be downcast is to be human. Ask some of these guys. They are not aliens, nor are they alienated from the promises of the divine. Here are some companions along the way. Author of Mere Christianity and Narnia series, C.S. Lewis experienced melancholy every once in a while Observing grief, Lewis understood what it meant to cry and cry and cry like a lunatic, he said, and God gives no profound answer to the pain he kept on experiencing. Knock, let me quote from Lewis, quote, knock, and it shall be opened. But does knocking mean hammering and kicking the door like a maniac? End quote. That was C.S. Lewis, a grief observed. You know Mary Bujakshu, right? She called the darkness of the soul as her own recurring feelings of abandonment and loneliness, of depressed times when she would always experience the sorrow within. With re- quote, with regard to the feeling of loneliness, of abandonment, of not being wanted, Bujakshu writes, quote, of darkness of the soul, it is a state well known by spiritual writers and directors of conscience. This is willed by God in order to attach us to Him alone, an antidote to our external activities, and also, like temptation, a way of keeping us humble in the midst of applauses, publicity, praises, appreciation, etc., and success. This is from Bujakshu's write, uh, writing from her book, Come Be My Light. I think you know Mary Teresa Bujakshu better by her common name. She's known as Mother Teresa. When we think of Charles Spurgeon, we think of his wit and humor, of his powerful pulpit preaching, of his zeal for the truth, especially for the sovereignty of God and even the doctrines of grace. But Spurgeon too struggled with depression. After the stampede incident at the Surrey Gardens, where seven were killed due to a prankster's yelling of fire causing a pandemonium, Spurgeon was left with a soul that shivered often. His wife Susanna commented about his husband's anxieties, quote, My beloved's anguish was so deep and violent that reason seemed to totter in her throne, and we sometimes feared that he would never preach again, end quote. One of his lectures, on one of his lectures, Spurgeon surprised his students when he said these words, quote, Knowing 
my most painful experience what deep depression of spirit means being visited therewith at seasons by no means few or far between i thought it might be consolatory to some of my brethren if i gave my thoughts thereon that younger men might not fancy that some strange thing has happened to them when they became for a season possessed by melancholy and that sadder men might know that upon that one upon whom the sun has shone right joyously did not always walk in the light End quote. this is from the minister's fainting fits ch spurgeon on his book lectures to my students john calvin himself experienced anxiety knowing and sensing this that within him is the heavy blade of execution he knew he has been one of those who are agitated within and with the presence of so much anxiety he wrote quote those who are extremely anxious wear themselves out and become in a sense their own executioners End quote. he concludes then that the soul's sadness is a universal occurrence noting that quote we cannot be otherwise than continuously anxious and disturbed End quote. this comes from john m brentnall an article from the banner of truth entitled john calvin and anxiety one way or the other these people know grief scripturally speaking we know that living by faith means surrendering all that i am to all that he said he will accomplish through his word that we will live not by explanations but by trusting on the promises of god firmly established in the scriptures i go to the psalms to the puritans and to these guys but none has a stronger hold on me aside of course from christ and the apostles than the doctor theologian martin lloyd jones in his book spiritual depression physician lloyd jones writes down a treatise that touches not only the mind and the spirit as he is a theologian not only the emotions and the psyche as he is a pastor and a spiritual mentor but very well the body and the temperaments as he was a medical doctor i am somewhat reading him shocked at how he was writing the very words that i am hiding behind the veneer of my own laughters hello i'm living in bahawad city paradoxically known as the city of smiles and informally as the city of masks listening to lloyd jones i know that you don't throw pearls at swines unless that swine is turned into a sea swine somehow seeing value and vitality in a pearl pardon the exaggeration a sea swine an underwater porky a marine pig is a cartoon a comic relief an impossibility i might need a f to float for a while in the wavelength of this concept though somehow in a twist of magical world play wordplay lloyd jones made a striking connection the swine may have turned into a mermaid and saw treasure in what seemed to look like trash before lloyd jones writes that although it's not unlikely for christians to be depressed because many true believers do it is however not a good impression for the outside unbelieving world to see christians as as, as unhappy sad and morbid for the sake of the glory of christ the doctor writes that we need quote to represent him and his cause his message and his power 
in such a way that men and women far from being antagonized will be drawn and attracted as they observe us, whatever our circumstances or condition, we must so live that they will be compelled to say, Would to God I could be like, would to God I could live in this world and go through this world as that person does. Obviously, if we are cast down ourselves, we are never going to be able to function in that way. His point, in a sense, quote, in a sense, a depressed Christian is a contradiction of terms, and he is a very poor recommendation for the gospel, end quote. This is from pages 11 and 12 of Spiritual Depression. The doctor, far from being emotionally subjective in his approach, moves toward two of his specializations. Number one, as a physician focusing on the physical, psychosomatic side. And number two, as a pastor theologian focusing on the spiritual well-being. Lloyd-Jones writes five causes of depression or spiritual depression in an individual and how in knowing and naming these causes can be a very big help in understanding its cure. We will cut short this the reading of this blog for a moment. Tomorrow we will talk about the five general causes of spiritual depression according to Martin Lloyd-Jones. But today what we have learned is that there are many people, especially strong Christians, John Calvin, Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, who are actually experiencing anxieties and depression. But what does it mean for a Christian to be depressed? And what does it mean for a Christian to struggle with depression? But most of all, what does it mean for a Christian to delight in the Lord despite of being in a state of depression. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been the first part of our two-part uh, series entitled The Song of the Sad Swine. And tomorrow we will talk about uh, more about the five general causes, according to Lloyd-Jones, of spiritual depression. You have been listening to Cross Radio. Again, this is you're with me, Twister Hover, here in the City of Smiles, telling you to really focus your delight in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll learn more about, about this tomorrow. Thank you so much, friends. God bless you, and good day.